podcast all right what's up everybody welcome 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 all right i'm super excited because you're all here because you're hungry you want more out of life and some of you um really well you're some of the few who really want to live to your utmost potential in life and you're currently grinding it out every day to actualize your dreams and sometimes you may doubt whether or not you can really accomplish your biggest goals because you're nowhere close to achieving them well if you're anything like me, you want total freedom in your life. You want freedom to be who you are and do what you want with no restrictions. Well, my guest today took his passion, which is reading books, and figured out a way to turn it into a lifestyle business that allows him to travel as he pleases and live a great life with amazing friends. My guest today is a man by the name of Manny Vaya. I personally admire Manny for his ability to turn something that he loves into a business that allows him to live how he wants. He started off as a software developer and at one point he in one point in time he ended up managing billion dollar cell phone design projects for Sony Mobile, which is one of the biggest companies in the world. He's well connected among successful entrepreneurs and I am grateful to call him a mentor. So by the end of this Q&A today, you're going to have more clarity on what it takes to build out a lifestyle business. You'll have a better sense on how to set effective goals and achieve them. And you'll feel that you can do it too and become successful in whatever it is you're pursuing as well. So Manny, I can't thank you enough for, for showing up here today, my man. Dude, awesome. I love it. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to, to have this uh, fun time with all of you guys. By the way, where did you get that shirt? I got it for Christmas. Actually, Wesley got it for me. This is the tagline of this girl who I follow. Her name is Sculpted We like her name is um what's her name? Kim Constable and she's a vegan bodybuilder. And that's what her tagline is on her podcast. Nobody cares, work harder. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So I yeah, I have no idea. I did not know you were a vegan bodybuilder girl. So. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm at least uh two of the three. Okay. So um, all right, cool. So you guys can populate the, the chat with some questions. I'm going to be asking Manny some questions as we go along. I'm going to go ahead and, and kick us off here. You know, it's funny. I was actually watching this uh, Kobe Bryant interview with Jay Shetty right before this. And you sent out an email today about Kobe Bryant's mama mentality. And I know you also follow stoicism as well. And one thing that Kobe Bryant had talked about in the interview, which actually was very surprising, was on the on the journey to success is, it's not necessarily being so hungry about the results, but actually it was more so of like the figuring out of making something happen that got that made him more fulfilled. Can you touch a little bit about about that in terms of with your journey, in terms of going from starting this business for 2000 books and getting to where you're at right now? Um, well, I'll just give you guys a brief kind of journey or overview of what what I've been up to or how 2000 books has evolved. And then we'll get deeper into different aspects of the business as you guys ask about the different questions. So as you said, Greg, I was a computer engineer. I was a physicist and a computer engineer in my past life, but there was a point in my life where I just did not want to do that or I did not want to be just like my boss's boss's boss. I saw the end and I was like, okay, this is it. I'm just going to be grinding it out. Like these guys showing up at 8am every day 
in my car and going going back home at uh, 9 p.m. and being on computer and email all night long, all day long till, you know, 12 in the night and again at four in the morning and so on and forth. And was, I'm like, damn, this does not sound like the best possible life, especially because my parents are in India and I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to be able to go there. I wanted to be able to spend time with them. And I didn't see how that was going to be possible if I was going to be stuck in this quote unquote job for the rest of my life. And I kept on thinking about the possibility of starting a business, but it never really um, uh, was, I always thought, okay, maybe because I'm a computer engineer, I need to start a tech startup. So, and then I was like, oh, to start a tech startup, I need to raise venture, venture funding and do all of these things. And I would, uh, then again, my I wouldn't have the freedom to be able to go travel, to be able to spend time with my parents. So I, I was stuck in this like never ending loop of thinking, okay, I should do something, but I don't know what, I, I can't see a way out of this. So this is it, like I'm stuck. And there was this, you know, this feeling of feeling that you're just stuck in this rut of mediocrity and you might be stuck here for the rest of your life. And it's a very dangerous uh, feeling at times because you don't know how to escape it, right? But then that's when I came across uh, one of the greatest books of all time to me, even though there's, you know, the title of it book can be misleading, now the book, but it's The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, where he talked about how you can build a business where you can basically run it from anywhere in the world. You have the location independence and you have the time independence. You can run it on your own schedule in the locations you want, like from wherever you want. And that's what really started me on the journey of uh, building a business that I just can literally work from anywhere in the world. I can build it from anywhere in the world. Today, of course, it's a different world because everyone is working from home, but still like for so many years now, I've been able to travel the world and do all the fun things just because I have a business that just allows me to be anywhere I want while I run the business. So it's a little bit of a story of the background of 2000 books. So what, how did you, what made you think like, hey, I can actually build a lifestyle business around this specific niche? Because that's, I, I look at things that I'm like, wow, that's, that's insane how you're able to do that. Yeah. I mean, there's never like, you don't always have the perfect answer. So you must start. That's one of the things. There is no perfect answer in this game of business. You start, you try, you iterate and you figure it out. So it's not like, okay, I have, I know exactly this is the perfect niche. Yes, there's a little bit of that you can do. So one of the things I knew was that there were other businesses that were doing this. There were other businesses that were selling book summaries. So I knew that existed. I also did not like their summaries because I loved reading books and I hated their summaries. I was like, man, this is very boring, drab, hell, not my style. So that was the other thing. So I was like, okay, there are other people who are making money and I want to do it better. So something as simple as that is such an easy foundation to build off of because if you see someone else making money in a niche and you feel like you can do it better, that itself is like a, a real straightforward answer. Okay, go do it. Because now you're going to be passionate about it. You're going to be excited about it and you're going to find a way. And because there's money in the market, if you're not making money, there's something wrong you're doing, not because the market doesn't want to pay you. So. Mm -hmm. And did you learn most of what you like everything from, from reading books, like applying stuff from like reading something and then actually applying it? How did you go about like the actual following through and the execution of that? It was a combination of a lot of different things. I mean, reading was a big part of it. It's, it's a big part of my life. It's a big part of what we do. We summarize the greatest books. So it's like something I do all the time, but reading is not enough, right? 
implementation, implementing what you read is the next step of learning. That's the more important step in this whole learning process. And even that is not enough because you need perspective. And that perspective only comes when you have walked the path. So you need perspective from people who have walked the path before you in order to walk the path properly. Otherwise you can get lost because a book is a one-way communication, right? It's not a two-way communication where you can uh, ask, okay, this is where I am. I, what should I do next? There's 20 things in this book. What would be the right thing to do? What, what I see all the time in my coaching, like when I'm coaching online entrepreneurs in building their business, one of the things I see the biggest, the biggest challenge for most of them is the fact that they're doing the right things at the wrong time. What that means is you're doing things that will not get you the results at this stage of your business. If you only have 300 people on your email list and you're spending 10 days writing email campaign for your, for your product, that could, that's probably a total waste of your time because you're not really gonna get any value out of it. I'm just giving you a ra totally random example, but this is one of the most fundamental problems with entrepreneurship. There's so many things you can do. One guy's is screaming, do emails. One guy's saying webinars. One guy's saying you need to build a team. One guy's saying you need to be more productive. One side, you know, there's thousand different things you could be doing, but at any given time in business, there's one thing that will get you the maximum results. That is the highest leverage point in your business. Everything is irrelevant. Everything else is relevant. I see people who are trying to fix something that will only give them 0.5% result at this stage of the business because they just don't have the traffic to really be able to use that. I see people who are trying to build sales pages when they only have 200 people showing up on that sales page or 100 people showing up on the sales page rather than picking up the phone call and phone and talking to people. So a lot of problems occur when you are not clear what is the right thing to do at the right stage of business. Doing the right thing at the wrong time is pain. Doing the wrong thing at the right time is pain. The only way to make forward progress is to do the right thing at the right time. That is the point of maximum leverage and unfortunately, you don't know that. So you need to seek help from someone who's walked the path before you. You need mentors, you need coaches, you need someone beyond you to show you the path. Otherwise you just get stuck. Otherwise you get stuck doing the things that, you're, that you think would get you there, but they don't. So I have not only learned from books, but I've learned from a lot of mentors, a lot of peers, a lot of mastermind groups, all sorts of things to, to really understand what is the right thing to do at any given time. Because at any given time in business, you could do thousand things, but the mentor or someone who has walked the path before you, he or she knows what is the one thing you should do right now. And most entrepreneurs fail because they're doing 999 other things, not the one thing that will literally skyrocket their business. So do the right thing at the right time. And you don't know that, you need someone who's walked the path to tell you that. Man, that, that's extremely powerful. So did you actively search out those kind of people early on in your journey or did you like fail a couple of times? Oh, You're like, wait, I need I to. I mean, every, every time, even today, I'm always looking. Like I'm never stopping. Like no matter how big the business grows, I'm always looking for the next person who's going to help me, right? I literally, today, I'm right now I'm in three different co coaching programs because I need help with three different things in my business right now. And I'm paying thousands of dollars to these people because I know they have accomplished something that I want to accomplish. And I'm always learning from people who are a step ahead of me. And I don't think that ever ends. 
no matter how far you go. Yes, even four years ago, I was looking for a coach. Even today, I'm looking for the next level. But like in the sense, I already have people. I'm already working with very specific people who I know will get me to the next level. And then again, I go to the next person. You never have a coach. Like you cannot have a coach for too long. That's the other problem. If you have a coach for too long, you are probably stuck. So there's a time and place you have that coach to get you to the next level. And then it's time to move on to the next level and to move on to the next phase of your business growth. So you're always going to be changing coaches. You're always going to be up leveling in your journey in being coached by people who are playing at a higher level in something else. Man, that, that that's so important, man. And to have the humility to be like, no, I, I don't have all the answers and I need help. So with, with these coaches, are you, do you, do you come at them with like a million questions or like, um, like, cause I'm looking at it from just my perspective in terms of pride, right? Cause something like it can be so easy when you're on this journey, like, no, I can figure this out. I got this. Where, where does humility play a, a, a part in all this? Do you have to constantly keep your ego in check as you get, as you get bigger or what does that look like for you? One of the most expensive beliefs you can have in your life is that I can figure it out all by myself. It's one of the most expensive beliefs because it will waste years and decades of your life. Uh, one of the most profound things I learned from Tony Robbins when I went to his life seminar 10 years ago, he said, I have given you a lot of different strategies to grow your life, but if there's one thing, one strategy about everything else that will literally compress decades of progress into days in the sense, instead of working on something for decades to figure it out, you can literally figure it out in days. That strategy is to go find people who have accomplished what you're trying to accomplish and do anything in your power to work with them, to learn from them, to associate with them, to spend time with them, do whatever you can. Even if it's your last penny, you just say, screw it. I am all in, I'm doing this because that's what I need to do right now to grow my business. And that is so important. It's like so crucial. You have to surround yourself with people who are playing at a higher level. And to, with regards to ego, man, I, I don't think I, I play the game of ego at all when it comes to learning. Just uh, how many of you guys like Clubhouse? Been on Clubhouse lately? Yeah, it's awesome. Clubhouse is great. So Clubhouse, you know, there's this guy, I won't name names, but he is also, he was, you know, he was in war room at the same time I was in war room and we're peers, right? But lately he's been talking about a topic that I love, right? That I am really super interested in right now because I feel like that is my next stage of growth. And he hosts like these clubhouses almost on a daily basis uh, where he talks about that. And I show up to every damn clubhouse and I always ask a question of him. And it's so funny because in some ways we were peers or we are peers, but in other ways, I'm always there. And he's like, Manny, you're always here, man. I, I, if I feel special, I'm like, dude, I'm here because I need so much help from you. Like, this is just the starting. And I'm willing, I'm already thinking of paying him for the next coaching for me because I don't care. I mean, I, all I want is the results. I'll give you another example that will kind of put this into perspective when it comes to learning. Uh, because I think being someone who says, I, I can figure this out is... Uh, or being scared of learning can be the biggest detriment to your long-term success. It can keep you stuck forever. Um, I once, once I was, uh, I went to a copywriting seminar by John Carlton. Probably most of you guys will know of him. Um, he is a fam very famous copywriter. 
still around today. And he had this seminar called the Action Seminar, which was all about, you know, writing copy at the seminar and all these things. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, Jaslyn says she likes her or she's heard of him. So yeah, John Carlton is great. So uh, in the break or right before one of the breaks during the seminar, Carlton, he says, hey, by the way, if you any of you guys want to get your copy reviewed, submit your copy and we will review it in, in the live audience. We'll review it in front of like these thousand people. So um, I was like, shit, that's great. I want to get my copy reviewed by John Carlton. Like he's a legend, right? So I submitted it. There was John, Carl John Carlton, Kevin Rogers, all these guys on the copy panel. I submitted it. I didn't really think much of it. And then I was like, man, I wish they would call me because, you know, there's a thousand people. There's probably a thousand different people who have submitted this copy samples. I wish they would call me so I can get some feedback. So after lunch, they're like, all right, let copy review time. I'm like, okay, let's do this. I'm hoping I can, they'll call my name. The first person they call, they're like, Manny, Manny Wyatt. I'm like, what? That's great. That's amazing. So, and then they're like, okay, stand up on your chair because we can't see you. You are so far in the back. So I literally stand up on the chair and now they're literally tearing apart my copy. Like one thing at a time, they're making fun of it. They're laughing at it. And I'm like, damn it. Yes, you're right. This is wrong. I need to fix this. I need to fix that. All of that. Right. So after that, there were probably two other people who got their copy reviewed. Right. And I was very happy. I got my copy reviewed. So in, at the end of that session, when we were on a break, a bunch of people came up to me and they're like, dude, that was so courageous of you to submit your copy to get it reviewed. I'm like, what? Or something along that line, dude, that was awesome. I know they tore you apart, but I mean, you were, it's just great that you submitted your copy, something like that. And I'm thinking, what's the big deal about that? And then finally, like, as I went through so many people asking me or telling me about the same thing, I realized, oh, everyone was scared of being torn apart in front of everyone else. So nobody really cared to even submit. That's why we only had three people who submitted their copy because those thousand other people out there, they were too scared to get feedback because they wanted to feel good about themselves or whatever the hell they wanted. And that taught me a very important lesson in life that you're never like, this is, you always have an opportunity to learn from others. And something like this is like, it was golden opportunity to learn from Carlton himself and, uh, 99.9% .9 people just are too quote unquote proud. And I think proud is just the wrong word. They just don't understand the rules of game. They just, they just don't understand how to get ahead in life, which is through hard work and to get feedback from people who know it better than you. You will never be good at everything. If I want to learn basketball tomorrow, I'm not gonna be like, okay, let me figure it out all about myself or let me, I, I, I can do it. No, I probably want to hire a coach who knows it better than me. If I want to write copy, I want to hire a coach. If I want to build a membership site, I want to hire a coach. If I want to build my content business, everything I'm looking for, I'm looking how to accelerate my growth, right? I'm look, I'm thinking, how can I pay this guy $10,000 so it'll, it'll actually return to me $100,000? I'm not thinking, how can I actually do the $10,000 worth of work myself and waste two months of my time? So it's a completely different game. When wow. you... Stop thinking about how much money you are saving and instead start thinking how much time you're saving and how much money you will make as a result. That, that's extremely powerful, man. Now, one thing that like, I, I, I feel like there's, there's been different phases of my, of my own journey here. And I'm sure some people in here, like 
as we're going up, like we're investing in like 997 courses. And then we, you know, we go up a little bit higher as soon as we can afford more, you know, maybe going to the 2k range and then 5k range. Like, um, and I feel like as you make more money, as you progress from, from that stage, from those stages, you start investing more and more money. If, if, if you don't mind sharing, how much would you say you actually invested in coaches and masterminds and, and, and just being around the right people and getting the right information from the right people, um, like last year alone for your education? I sent out an email about it just a while back because I was thinking about all of these things as the year ended. And it was around $26,000 just last year. And currently I'm in three different coaching programs. Currently I'm in three different coaching programs and they're all great. They're all amazing in their own way. And it's almost like, I'm like, okay, I'm done learning from this person at this point. I figured out what I needed to figure out. It's time for me to move on because there's something else I need to figure out now to grow the business. So yeah, $26,000 just last year. And it's funny, um, like I remember back in 2010, I used to have a friend who would always make fun of me because he would say, oh man, you're so cheap because you don't buy TV, you don't buy the most fancy cars and you don't buy the fancy clothes. Like you're so cheap. He would always make fun of me, you're so cheap. And I'm like, yeah, I actually don't buy any of this shit. Even though I'm managing billion dollar cell phone projects, I don't buy any of this shit. And he would keep making fun of them, uh, fun of me. And then one time I went to a Tony Robbins conference and I, I was like $2,000 I paid for this shit. He's like, dude, why would you pay $2,000 for something like this when you could just like uh, read some book or like just listen to him uh, in something like that? And I'm like, no, I wanna do it because I knew I would learn so much more from being there, being around people doing all of these things. He's like, I would never spend my money $2,000. Imagine I could have like 50 great meals, like every week I could go somewhere and have a great meal or every week I could go buy new clothes and this and that. And I'm like, okay, like we're different people. Like this is not my life. I do not have any aspirations to have better clothes. Like that's the last thing I care about. Like it's, it does not even strike in my mind. And then one time, uh, same person because he was my roommate. So he, this, this was a constant conversation. He would constantly call me cheap. And then one time I went on a vacation and I was in Hawaii for like 10 days. And he's like, dude, for someone who's so cheap, how do you manage to in like spend uh, money on going to Hawaii for 10 days and things like that? I'm like, like, okay, we're totally different people because I believe in growing as a person. And so I invest my money into growth and development to me. A vacation is also like travel is a way to grow. Travel is a way to develop. Travel is a way to learn and explore. For me, joining these groups, joining these masterminds, it's a great way to develop and learn and improve. But buying a new car, buying a TV, buying clothes, like my girlfriend is like, you've been wearing the same damn, I literally have the same damn jeans, like three pairs of the same damn jeans that I have been wearing for the last one year. And she's like, you wear the same damn jeans every day. Like, come on. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, what am I going to do? Like, I really don't, have any aspirations to buy new jeans like it doesn't even occur to me but i spend all of my money or not all of my money but i spend as much as i can on learning and associating with good people not all of my money but like whenever there's a limit to how much i can invest because there's a limit to how much uh, i can take on at any given time but if i had had more mental capacity i would probably be doing more of these things just because i feel like that is the only way to become a more uh, become more as a human being. And funny thing, like uh, 
three years ago, I was interviewing the author of this book called Happy Money. And she's a psychologist. She's a researcher on the science of money and how it brings us happiness and so on and so forth. And it's the interview is on my podcast for those of you guys who want to listen to it. It's on 2000 books podcast. So check it out. It's a great interview. And one of the things she said, uh, one of the things we were talking about, I was talking about exactly this situation. And in the book, she, she actually talks about the idea. There are people who like, like there are a lot of people who might think stuff is the way to become, to, to live a good life. But ultimately in life, you, um, a good life is a life where you actually trade your money for experiences and growth. So I felt actually, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I've been doing all this time. What she said was precisely how I was living my life. And she's like, oh, she literally concluded in the book that spending money on stuff doesn't really buy you any kind of real long-term happiness or any kind of real joy in life. Spending money on experiences, on learning, on growth, on becoming a more quote unquote sophisticated individual, that's where money has its real value, not in stuff. Stuff doesn't really bring any happiness. So finally, all the time that guy was telling me that I'm so cheap, I finally figured out, oh, he was just stuck in the material way of looking at life while I was thinking more about self-actualization and figuring out how I can invest money into becoming a better person, becoming more of me and actualize my full potential. So that's what I think of when I'm thinking of investing my money into. Man, that, that's, that's really incredible. So like this, this far into the journey, I mean, where are you, where, where's, where's most of your focus right now? Is it, is it on the, the result? Like I don't, I don't hit this specific result or is it more so like, Hey, I'm looking for self mastery. Like what's, what's your focus on when you're, when you're going about living your life right now? I think goals are the best way to find any kind of mastery that you want. So always having a clear goal, clear outcome, clear purpose in your mind allows for maximum growth in as an individual. Uh, Self-mastery is a very a broad goal and sometimes it can be very challenging to really quote uh, unquote, uh, like there's no, uh, you can't really quantify it, but a business goal that is quantifiable it's great because it focuses your energy, it forces you to step up and it forces you to become more better, more, you know, to improve your learning, to become even sharper because everything in life, you, uh, the fun of business in some ways is that all the lessons you learn in business, you actually apply to life. All the lessons you apply, you learn from life, you actually apply to business. You just, a lot of people don't think like that, but that is how life is. Like everything that's happening in life, you're applying it in other areas of life, hopefully, and you're learning and applying. Like there was a very interesting thing, interesting story I keep telling. Uh, uh, there was one time I went sailing, I was learning to sail. And uh, this was my second day, sail first day sailing. And the instructor gave me the tiller and he's like, all right, Manny, I want you to steer the boat all the way over there. Like he pointed to me, like out to Coronado by the by the shops, like you could see that that Coronado village area. She's like, he's like, you need to go right. Uh, you need to steer the boat towards that direction. I'm like, all right. So I grab hold of the tiller. I'm steering. I'm steering. I'm steering. Five minutes go by, and I've literally gone around and almost like zigzag, but gone nowhere. The boat didn't steer steer exactly where the instructor had asked me, and. Uh, 
the, the guy's like, all right, stop. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to steer it in that direction. It's like, you're trying to steer it in that direction, but you're looking just 10 feet ahead of you. How will you ever steer it in that direction? And that is a very important lesson in business, my friends. You, when you don't have a clear vision and you're living in the short term, you're just thinking of the next uh, month or the next week or the next uh, 10 days, you cannot, you're not thinking on the long-term vision. And as a result, you feel stuck, right? So something as fundamental as this, it's a life lesson, but it's not a life lesson. It's one of the most profound business lessons if you actually can apply it and use it to become a better businessman, business, better entrepreneur. So all of the game of business is just like you're learning more to improve and to become better. That's what it is to me. And on, on Clubhouse, you were recently talking about the, the e-myth and, you know, you were talking, you said some very profound because specifically where I am in my business, it's like, all right, I have been focusing specifically right here, but you're, you're saying uh, an entrepreneur is, is a visionary, right? Someone who thinks t- five, 10 years down the line and people are so focused on the now. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because I thought that was profound when I heard that. I was like, wow, that was powerful. It's a dichotomy. It's a very difficult path to walk, but it is one of the most important things uh, that you need to understand as an entrepreneur. I'll give you an example and that'll help you set, uh, help me set up the framework. Um, when I was in the early stages of building 2000 books, I would always think about, okay, how much, how many more book summaries can I create, right? I have this much time, I have this much bandwidth, I can read these many books, I can summarize these many books. How many more summaries can I create? And how much more marketing can I do? How much more money can I make? And everything was limited from my point of view of, okay, this is where I am. What do I do next? Right? I was thinking about where I am today. But once I understood that idea of thinking from the vision, not thinking from today, it changed everything because I realized, oh, if I actually have like the vision that I have for five, 10 years from today, I need a team who's going to be able to do what I need to do. I need to hire people. I need to get them to do some of these things. I need to get them to do this, 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 and this so that I can focus on the vision five years from today rather than focusing on what I can do given what I have been today, what, given what I have today, given the most people think from their current circumstances, right? They think from the current circumstances to understand what can they do next. But the game of being a visionary, the game of being a true visionary is to live from the vision. As in, not just live from the current circumstances, but live from the vision. So knowing what the vision is, not just live from the current so knowing what the vision is, you need to get to the vision from today rather than letting today dictate what you can do. So you are guided by the vision, not by the present moment circumstances. Man, that, that's, that's incredibly powerful, man. Because in the moment you can get so stuck on, I just need to do these specific things, but you lose track of where you're gonna be five, 10 years from now. And like, just like taking that time to actually future pace exactly how these actions are going to get you to that specific thing and getting crystal clear. Now, when you were thinking about the vision of your company, how, like, how'd you go about that? Cause personally I took time 
like literally, I literally walked myself in the bathroom for two days and wrote like, what kind of lifestyle do I want to live? Who am I? What kind of people do I want to have in my life? And being very clear about that. But how did you go about creating that vision for yourself? That's very compelling to push you through when things aren't as luxurious or, or as, as easy to execute. Yeah. A lot of it is that time alone, but it's also an evolutionary process. The vision you had five years ago will change compared to the vision you have today. And again, it will evolve, which is a good thing because you are, you are moving hopefully into bigger and bigger opportunities, right? So you're, it's important to allow yourself to have that vision and to, to grow, to grow that vision, to, to um, keep working on it, to keep thinking from it, to keep working on it. Yeah, I mean, if you have to lock yourself in a room by all means, do that. If you have to go for time in nature to think about what it is going to be, if you want to, if you have to surround yourself with great people, these are all ways to inspire yourself, to get yourself to think about what is possible. I think surrounding yourself with great people might be one of the fastest, one of the most important ways, because it's it's one thing to imagine it yourself, but you don't even know what's possible unless you've been around people who are playing at such high level that you're like, oh my God, everything I thought was is so small compared to what these people are doing. And these people aren't any more smarter than me. They aren't any more gifted than me. They're not taller than me. They're not more good looking than me, whatever it is. So whatever the hell it is, I think we can figure the, like I, being around, uh, being around great uh, people, being around great um possible mentors, coaches, whoever it is, uh, is probably one of the most powerful ways. Also time away from things, complete disconnection from your devices, being in nature, traveling, all of these things can give you a lot of inspiration. Uh, reading books can also do that for you. Reading very inspirational books can do that for you. So there's a lot of different ways to think about it. Uh, but I think being around people is probably one of the most powerful ways because that is like just yesterday, I was talking to one of my uh, coaching clients and I was like, okay, what's your vision five years from now, 2025, if anything could happen, what's your vision? And he's like, I'm making $20,000 a month right now. I wanna get to $30,000 a month. I'm like, that's not, I mean, is that enough? Is that all you want? Do you need me for that? that's you know it's not really you why 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 invest in my coaching if all you want to do is go from twenty thousand to thirty thousand we need to think much bigger than what you're thinking today because otherwise you know twenty to thirty thousand isn't really such a big leap in five years you can probably accomplish it with hustle and hard work anyways so sometimes being around people and being around people who are thinking much 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 bigger than you and who have already stepped up is just it just forces you it forces your card. You literally are like, oh my God, if he can do it, shit, I can do more. Yeah. And, and on that note here, as you're speaking, I'm thinking of, you know, specifically because we have a lot of uh, younger entrepreneurs in here and it can be a, a big high ticket thing to, to invest into masterminds. And I'm thinking, well, what we have right now is an amazing opportunity with Clubhouse is like, to be in the same room as these really high level people and to be able to ask them those questions and to be able to learn and digest the kind of information that, that they're sharing and put in doing your, the best to position yourself 
to be around those people and it's easier to make connections with those people. Now, I feel that oftentimes we have this kind of imposter syndrome in terms of, oh, these people won't want to connect with me. Like, what can I, like, if they're doing all this, all this, like, how can I add value to them? What, what would be your, your say to that? Like, do you feel that? And how did you like get over that? Did you, do you have imposter syndrome as well? Yeah, we all do. It's always going to be there. Deal with it. Like um, I, every once in a while, I'll come across something like, um, be fearless for the rest of your life or never feel scared again, or never have imposter syndrome again or any of that. I'm like, that's when you're dead, man. Don't worry about that shit. Everyone's going through that. It's okay. Feel fear. Uh, one of my favorite books on this topic is feel the fear and do it anyways. You're always going to fear. You're always going to feel that fear and anxiety when you're stepping up. So never be scared of stepping up because it's part of growth. You will always have pain with growth. So yeah, don't ever like the last thing I want you to do is sign up for a course that will uh, teach you to um, never feel like an imposter again, because it's okay, man. It's okay to feel like an imposter and still take action. What most of us need to do is learn to take action and become tough in face of challenges rather than worry about, oh man, I, I wish there was a way to never be anxious again. I'm like, hey, yes, there is anxiety. How about we just take action? How about we do courage rather than try to be the most like, so that's that. Like there's plenty of conversation around that topic. I know all the time. I myself have a, I have a course, whole like whole course of summaries of the best books on developing mental toughness. And I always think of it like, you will never be tough enough, but it's fine. Just keep going. Just keep going after the next thing rather than worry about, oh my God, if I have the imposter syndrome, something is wrong with me. No, nothing's wrong with you, man. This is life. We all, we all struggle with it. Everyone struggles with it in some way, shape or form in some dimension or another. We all struggle with it. It's totally fine. So that's, that's my imposter syndrome thing. So with regards to how to approach potential uh, mentors and people who are step like we're playing at a higher level, you always have to think about what is it that, what's the most valuable thing to them? Like, what is it that they need in their life right now? And how can you give it to them? And how can you help them out? And sometimes it's not very obvious. Sometimes it's kind of uh, not easy to figure out, but that is the way. If you can't buy your way in, then use your time to get your way in. Um, and one of my mentors, one of my really good mentors, he came as a result of me just like uh, inviting him over for a dinner one time. Um, and he's like, yeah, all right, I'll be there. And it was just a little dinner party. And uh, that started a friendship for me. And it was not really like, it wasn't even angled as like a potential business dinner party. It was just like, hey, well, I'm just getting some friends together and I would love for you to come as well. I see you once in a while at these bars and clubs, but uh, you wanna come over, hang out and I'll cook some dinner. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, man. I mean, I knew he was a pretty legit businessman, but, and I knew I wanted to connect with him, but for me, I just wanted to hang out with him in whichever way I could, right? 
So there's a great book on this uh, called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, who talks a lot about building your social network. Yeah. So it really is a very powerful book. One of the things I do, and I have a literal spreadsheet and I, I share it with my, all my coaching clients. It's, it's a spreadsheet on Notion where I literally have the list of 100 people, what I call my power network, and also list of 100 people which are like more of my dream network, the dream 100 people who I want to connect with. But I'm always like in that spreadsheet, I'll have the name of the person, what are the different things in like, what are the different things that uh, they bring to the table in terms of, are they an online entrepreneur? Are they a friend in San Diego? Are they a rock climber? Are they a sailor? Are they a podcaster? Are they a YouTuber? All of those things, I've tagged them, all of them. If someone were to look at it, they would be like, man, that is some wrong stuff. You shouldn't have all this data on people like that. But I, I have all of that data on them, like literally to the point where I think about how much dollar value is associated with that person at any given time in the year in the sense, how much would this relationship, um, how much can this relationship actually generate for our business this year? Something as profound, like really down to that level of granularity, how should I contact them? What's the next contact point? What kind of things are they working on? How can I add value to them? All of those things. The last thing is how much is that relation, like how much can we, do in business together if we do business together. So all of those things are there. And then every quarter, I'm, every every week, I actually look at the spreadsheet and I'm always thinking, okay, these are the people, these are the people who have this, 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 and this. Let's see if I can work. I can do a YouTube collaboration with them. Let's see if I can get on their podcast. Let's see if I can do a promotion with them, a joint venture partnership with them and so on and so forth. So it's like a work that never stops. It's almost like every week, I get down to that spreadsheet and I'm looking at it and I'm trying to evaluate, okay, how can I add value to this person? What are they doing right now? How can I help them out? And then also thinking, what can we do together to make money together? It's not about how can I take money from them, but thinking how can, like, what can we do to create value in this world and make money? So that's how I put the dollar sign to it. Cause I'm thinking, okay, this person, if we do some good business together, we could probably make hundred thousand dollars this quarter, right? And this person, if we even if no matter what we did, we'll probably make ten thousand dollars this quarter. So, is it worth it? Maybe not. Maybe it is, but it still means that I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to nurture my relationship with them. Right now is not the right time to, you know, have a connection with them. But one of the most powerful things you can do is have that spreadsheet, to literally continuously work on that spreadsheet for the rest of your life, because, as Tony Robbins said. You are like, he always, like one of the biggest things I always learned from him was you need to associate with people who are stepping up or playing at a higher level. And in that spreadsheet, you always have to be thinking about who are the people I need to be spending time with? Who are the people I want to associate with? Even if it is just calling them, even if it is just hitting them up on Facebook, even if it is just like asking them to do a podcast interview with me or whatever it is, like always thinking, okay, how can I hang out with these people? How can I spend more time with these people? How can I spend more time with my top 10, my top 20? And um, Jim Rohn said it like he's like, he said, you are the average of the five people uh, that you spend the most time with. So you have to find those five people, 10 people, whoever they are and continuously find ways to associate with them. So that spreadsheet is going to be one of the most powerful things you can do. I keep it in Notion. Notion is a really powerful tool for that. 
uh, Airtable is also a great tool for that. Spreadsheets, not so much because it's not as good at, at tagging and filtering and all those things. So I like Notion and Airtable for this kind of work. Incredible. Yeah, my, my business partner recently showed me her Notion and it was like, I couldn't believe the kind of depth you can go in with Notion. And uh, it's a very, very powerful note-taking tool and many, many things. So I want to open it up really quick for, for those who are in this room here. Uh, do you guys have any questions uh, for Manny on anything he's touched on or anything that you're, you're thinking of in terms of business? I, I see you uh, just go ahead and just speak away. Uh, I actually have one question. Uh, the, the first one is, uh, I, I have two questions. The first one is, uh, how does Manny recall information? It's like, uh, I've seen so many people read books and then like one year down the line, two years down the line, they forget all the information in that book, right? So uh, I know two methods right now. One is like uh, like flashcards right before you sleep. You just go over the flashcards, like all of like the most important things in a book and then just like try to refresh your mind. Uh, but my, my question to him is just how does he recall that information and yeah. retain the knowledge? Yeah. Um... There's something called lower order thinking skills and higher order thinking skills. Lower order thinking skills are reading, memorization, uh, taking notes. All of this is lower order thinking skills, even flashcards. Higher order thinking skills are interacting with that knowledge, which means learning and actually teaching to someone or applying it in some format to your life, to your business. So the reason why I do book summaries is because I get to teach to you guys. Literally, I learn from the book and I am able to put it together in a summary because that is my way of, of learning from those books in a deep fashion because teaching allows me to learn. So try to, don't, don't just read and like keep the knowledge to yourself. If you're gonna learn something, go and share it with someone, discuss that knowledge with that. Like that's, that's why I actually started, I literally created a book club because I want people to come together and discuss these books with me rather than just read them and forget about them. Even if they read my summary, even if they study my summaries, it's good, but I really want them to come together and discuss the books and implement what's out there. It's in the discussion, in the sharing of stories, in the interaction, and in the implementation where you will find deep learning. All of, everything else is lower order thinking, which is shallow learning. So you have to interact with that information in order to really deepen your learning. Wow, that was, that was incredible. Uh, what, what's up, Tommy? That was what, what you just said was extremely helpful. Um, I've, I've read my fair share of books over the last couple of months um, with my time home. And I'm currently going back to university in a couple of days and I'm excited to actually apply what I've learned from these super influential books. But uh, my question was why books? Why is it just your love of reading? Why did you want to devote your whole self to a book venture? Um, yeah, I love books. I think that's the most fundamental uh, uh, way to put it, but I love books because they allow me to learn and grow. So one of my fundamental values is learning and growth and books are a great vehicle to do that. So it's uh, books are what serve one of my fundamental values. So that's why books. So you want to build something that really, you know, at least speaks to some sort of your fundamental values rather than just doing it for the sake of making money. Because at some point it really becomes 
very, very, very challenging. And I give the example of uh, someone who's really close to me. I'm not going to say who it is. Someone really close to me. Um, someone I consider who's even, you know, much smarter than me. And uh, I'm a physicist. I'm a computer engineer. I think I'm smart, but the guy is like way smarter than me. And he's a PhD and all those things. But he's tried two different ventures in business. And he's failed at both of them. And I think the biggest reason for that was because his heart wasn't in it. He did business because he wanted to make money, not because he actually enjoyed that thing. He wasn't really into it. He was like, oh, there's an opportunity. Let me go make money. That's a good thing. Sometimes you can succeed at it, but most times that's the recipe for failure. It's not the way you can build a real lasting business. You have to have some sort of a deeper passion for it. And usually if it serves your values, you will find that passion in there. Man, that, that was incredible. You, yeah, I remember you gave me uh, something like that a few months ago. and Because, yeah, it gets hard. You know, John uh, was on the speaking on uh, the, the platform maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And he was saying every entrepreneur fights the gorilla on the on the path. Like, it's going to get challenging. It's going to be very hard and you're going to want to quit. And I'm there right now as we speak. So it's like, yeah, if, if I didn't have that mindset in terms of like what I really, the impact I really want to make, yeah, I, I would have quit while a while back oh. what's up Hamza um thank you so much for your talk Manny I really learned a lot from this um I can imagine you've gone through quite a lot of challenges while building this business some personal and some business related but what is one challenge that you've overcome that you're really proud of that you would say that I'm really proud that I have overcome this in my life in my life, in my business, what do you mean? Um, could be any. So, yeah, it could be any. Okay, I'll give you a, a simple one. There's different things, but uh, I'm trying to think if I could tell you in business if there's something uh, specific like hmm, that. Okay. But uh, I'll tell you about something else, um, hmm. which kind of relates to business in a in a more, more holistic way. Um, I got laid off uh, in my computer engineering job back in 2004. That was my first job. And I, wa I was, I'm an immigrant. I'm from India. So I had what's called an H-1B visa at the time. And uh, when I got laid off, I literally had 30 days to find a job or I would have to leave the country. That's how it is for H-1B visa holders. So 30 days to find a job and I can't just go take a job at McDonald's. I literally have to go find a job that's just as well-paying as what it was then in engineering, a computer engineering job. I mean, finding a job is hard. Having just 30 days to find a job, it's, it's like a gun to your head um, to, to make this shit happen, right? And um, it was extremely scary and nerve wracking and uh, um, to, to be in a situation where you're like, shit, should I focus on selling my car or my place? Or should I focus on actually doing my interviews and you know, mastering these interviews in the next 30 days and all that, right? So a lot of my friends who literally, they lost their nerve and they were like busy selling shit rather than uh, worrying about their job interviews. Then there were a lot of my American friends who were probably just as smart as me who got laid off. And they also were in the job interview circle for a while, circuit for a while after they got laid off. And 
even though it was one of the most ridiculously uh, like challenging and gun to the head moments, I literally got three job offers in 30 days. And my friends, my American friends, I had a friend who took six months to find a single job. And I'm like, Robert, you're probably smarter than me. I mean, we went to grad school together. We went to Rice University together. I'm like, dude, I don't get it. And as I talked, I realized what was going on was for him, it wasn't as big a deal. He's a citizen. So because he lost a job, nothing really major happens. Yeah, he would collect unemployment for a while and uh, he had some savings. So he wasn't gonna get kicked out of the country. It's all right, like things were okay. He had some savings, life was okay. So he, he was comfortable. And this happened and I was, at that time I was like, I didn't understand why this happened uh, to my friends who weren't able to pull it off while I was able to get these job offers. But then I got laid off again in 2006 when I was working at Nokia here in San Diego. And again, the same shirt. This time I got five job offers. I actually got three job offers from just one company from three different departments. It went crazy. And uh, it was because I was just on, like I was like dedicated to figuring the shit out. I wasn't gonna, you know, I wasn't gonna like take it easy. And then again, I got laid off in 2007. And then again, like within a week, I got a job offer, I took their job offer, that was done. So this, when it happened three different times, I got laid off and every time it's like 30 days, find a job, leave the country, 30 days, find a job, leave the country, 30. Like it built so much interesting perspective in my life. Like I got to learn life on a completely different level from that. It made me so much more resilient to, uh, to different things that come your way and how you handle life. And it also taught me one of the most important lessons in life, which is that sometimes in life, you actually need to be pushed and being pushed to the limits, having like burning your boats is probably one of the best things that can happen to you. In this case, my boats were burnt and I had to find a way. And that sometimes is one of the best things. When your back is against the wall, you will do magic compared to when things are easy, when things are comfortable, you have money coming in. You know, it's not as complicated, but when things are hard is when you will give your very best. So uh, one of the, this was probably one of my proud moments uh, in my career, like being able to pull it off again and again and again. And also the lesson from it, which I have understood and taken away from it. I always think about it because uh, it's easy to get comfortable in life when you achieve a certain level of success. But the job, our job is always to keep pushing the boundary and keep challenging ourselves to the next level by um, in some ways burning the boats. Wow, man, I, I, can't, I can't express the, the gratitude I have for, for that. And you taking the time to come here and, and give some value. Um, yeah, unfortunately that's gonna be, uh, I don't know, Manny, do you have a time for another question? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, hey man, uh, so I just have one more question. I actually put together a book club after reading The Power of Habit by Charles Dohig, uh, and also uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I put together a, dis uh, a book club uh, and it actually was very dysfunctional and uh, dysfunctional. Uh, and then I got like five like-minded individuals from that and made another book, book club. And this seemed to work out a little better, but it's still super, super like inactive in a, in a sense. Uh, my question to you is like, how do you go out and connect with like-minded ind individuals and not just like-minded individuals, just people who are, are like driven into uh, doing things? 
uh, and like, you know, uh, for example, if you have a skill that you want to learn, how do you go connect with them? Well, I told you, right, the spreadsheet. You should start building your spreadsheet. Spreadsheet. And, yeah, I, I talked about that a little bit, spreadsheet or Airtable or Notion or whatever you want to do. The other thing is my book clubs are paid. So only the people who mean business will show up to those book clubs. I don't, I don't want, like, I, I, of course, it's a business, but at the same time, there's a reason behind why it is paid. It is paid because when people pay, that's when they have the intent to show up with purpose. You will always pay attention to things that you pay for, but things that are free or cheap, you will just, you know, you'll do it for a little bit and then you'll just let it go. So yeah, get people to pay for shit like that or join a paid group. If you want to be, if you want to be leveling up, if you want to be around other people, then join a paid book club or join a paid, like, I don't know where you are in your business, join, join some community where there are people who are doing these things. It's not very expensive to find these communities. Like my book club, one of the entrepreneur book club is like $29 a month. It's really easy, but it, makes the bar high enough that only people who are serious about building or who are about, serious about entrepreneurship will pay that kind of money to be a part of it. Something as simple as that. I see. Thank you. Do you think you can link your book club in uh, somewhere or that we can go check it out? Yeah, uh, I will link up. I think uh, I'm not sure how many of you guys are actually entrepreneurs here. How many of you guys are building any kind of business? Oh, okay. And what kind of business are you doing, Johan? Right, right now I'm doing e-commerce. I'm going into um, uh, the business model is more drop shipping, uh, but I'm really, really like open to learning other business ventures because I just genuinely enjoy the whole uh, out of selling in general. Cool, oh, awesome. Well, I'll, I'll send uh, the link to Je to Greg and also maybe give him some discount code for you guys to be able to avail of or some Thank of our products if you guys are interested. Beautiful. Well, hey, again, thank you so much, Manny. I appreciate your time. You dropped so much knowledge on here. Thank you so much, my man. Um, for our podcast listeners, uh, and even for here, like, what? Where can we get some more information? Or, uh, yeah, where can we find you and, and access your material? If you love podcasts, then just go to Two Thousand Books Podcast. You will find it. Just listen for. I mean, just search for Two Thousand Books, Two Zero 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 Books. You'll find it there. If you are a YouTuber. Or if you're into YouTube, search for 2000 books on YouTube, 2000 books on YouTube. And if you want to check out any of our book summary packs, our courses, um, we have summaries of the world's greatest books on a lot of different topics that you can buy. Summaries of the greatest books on mental toughness, on confidence, on social skills, on productivity, on goal setting and achievement, on entrepreneurship, on marketing. You can buy a lot of different book summary packs. And then also, if you guys are more of a business builders and you're interested in that, I have a really simple community, like a, a, a basic community where I go in once a month to coach people on their online business. Uh, it's called the Online Business Accelerator. So you can join that if that's your thing. It's super cheap, it's like $49 a month. I just want people to come there and collaborate and talk to talk to each other about business. And then I have a higher level mastermind. So if, if anyone's making, you know, making enough money, then we can talk about that, so. Awesome. All right, my man. Thank you, Manny. Much appreciated. All right, everybody. You guys make it a great day. See you guys later. See you. Bye-bye.